and welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, along with Kevin Watt. We're brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Prepare for your first triathlon by attending the TriJoy Cultus Lake Training Camp the weekend of June 10th and 11th. It's two days of training, tips, and race-specific preparation on the race course. Visit our link on the FitSpeak homepage. That's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. And we're also brought to you by Cedar Valley Massage Wellness Clinic, offering massage therapy, chiropractic care, and psychological services. See them at cedarvalleymassage.ca. And we're also brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mountain in Mission. Be listening for the Wenting's Word of the Week for your chance to win a prize. You hear the word and you say it to Leah, Elizabeth, Bruce, or Dylan the next time you are at Wenting's, and you win a prize. It's just that easy. On the program today, installment five of Bob's Bits, we'll also have our upcoming event schedule, which keeps getting bigger and bigger, and today's feature interview with Joni Cron, Paralympic pilot. Well, Kevin, we're pretty excited about today's podcast. We are. Riding shotgun along with us. I'm Kevin Hines, Kevin Watts over there. We've got a new guy, newest member of the FitSpeak family is Zach Neufeld. Zach! Welcome to FitSpeak. Thank you for having me, Kevin and Kevin. So, Zach, you're originally a, a Manitoba guy. I'm originally from Saskatchewan. Uh, tell us about growing up in Manitoba from what you can remember. Well, it's windy and cold. <laughs> I can tell you that. So, your forte, the reason we've kind of uh, invited you into the fold here at FitSpeak is that you're going to be uh, kind of taking the reins occasionally for the fit tip of the week. So what we're going to be doing over the course of the next few uh, podcasts is we're going to be handing the reins to you and we're calling this feature Between the Ears, which is a look at the spiritual and psychological motivations and machinations and how that all relates into triathlon, multi-sport, long-distance swimming, biking, and all that sort of thing. Um, Tell us about your interest and about how you got involved in long-distance sports anyway. Well, I really, I started through running and uh, I was about 14 years old. I decided to get up early in the mornings and it really flowered from there. I wanted to get up in the morning. Uh, The next morning, I was always looking forward to my next run where I could kind of escape from the world, I guess you could say. And how how old were you, you said? Uh, 14. 14, okay. Yeah. (laughs) 14, uh, escape from the world? Many, many years ago. (laughs) uh, Then I joined a a race, a couple races. I won Run for Water a couple of years in a row, and I thought, you know what? This is something that I could... uh, I could get into. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to be our local uh, researcher and writer for called Between the Ears. So you're going to the University of the Fraser Valley, majoring in psychology and uh, looking to do a, a doctorate in psychology, clinical psychology. And what we're going to take a look at in this week's Fit Tip of the Week, which we're going to call, like I said, behind or between the ears rather, is how stress plays both a positive and a negative factor in a person's motivation to race and actually uh, the big race day performance. Exactly. Looking forward to that. So once again, thank you, and FitSpeak listeners, be listening for Zach Newfeld's debut on FitSpeak. The name of the feature is called Between the Ears, a look at the psychological and spiritual aspects of sport. Just before we get into our usual section where Kevin Watts speaks and shouts out to people around the Fraser Valley and around the world, uh, it's time for our Wenting's Word of the Week. In fact, this is super secret. Even Bruce doesn't know it, but we'll let him know. So for the next two weeks, this is the Wenting's Word of the Week. Phoenix. Mention Phoenix to any one of the staff members at Wenting's. That word again, Phoenix. Mention that word and claim your prize. It's just that easy. And now, here is Kevin Watt with our weekly shout-outs. Hey, FitSpeak listeners. Big shout-outs coming your guys' way. We've got shout-outs going out to Doug Ironman 5, always rocking the party, at Ron Lowen, our local United Velocyclist, a uh, big shout out to Van City Runner for always running down a dream. A shout out to Remember to Breathe 2017, always showing insta love on the FitSpeak posts. Another shout out goes to CC Rani, always inspiring and motivating us. Follow her. Two other mentions. A big 
Congratulations to Joe Crocker who won his age group in the 60 to 64 age division at the West Shore Triathlon this past weekend. And another huge special shout out to Brat13. Brat13, you'll be finding out shortly. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and smash that thumbs up. On April the 9th, Phil Ellison Peninsula Runners hosted the annual Heritage Tehatsik 5K and 10K running races. We have the top three overall winners for the women and men, plus all your age category winners. In the 10K, the overall men's winner was Ryan Proshno. He rocked out the new course in a very speedy 34-43. Silver in 35-27 was Ross Isachi. And rounding out the men's overall in the 10K was the young Christian Peterson. He competed in the 15-19 to 19 age group and took third overall with a 36-23. Expect Peterson's name to be heard a lot around here. Female overall 10K winner was Abbotsford Tri Club member Christina Paul. She led the ladies with a 44-12. Second, a minute and a half back, Annette Ang, and capturing bronze for the female 10K overall in a time of 46-33, was Jen Cameron. Now looking at the age group results, ATC member Chloe Newell rocked the 15 to 19 age category, winning with a time of 52.06. No takers in the females 20 to 29, but in the 30 to 39, as mentioned, the overall female winner in the 10K, Christina Paul with that 44.12 clocking. 49.23 was all it took for Juanita Van Leeuwen to complete the course, and she won first in the women's 40 to 49 category. Monica Murphy, no stranger to the results, won the 50 to 59 age category for the females in a time of 48.18. Couple of mentions, 60 to 69. Valerie Cottier won with a 52-53, and yes, we did have a 70-plus finisher. Edna Matthews won her age group in a 104-12. Turning over to the men's results, Christian Peterson won 36-23 for the 15-19 age group. Leon McInnes, 44-09, that's what it took for the 20-29 winner. Coming in first in 30-39 was your race winner, Ryan Prochnow with a 34-43. Second overall and first in the 40 to 49 age group was Ross Iskachi in 35-27. In the 50 to 59, Davy Jin won in 43-17. 60 to 69, Mikey Ross, no stranger to the podium, he went 41-11. And continuing on with the Heritage Tahatsik race results in the 5K, the men's overall winner in a time of get this 16:03. Wow, Nate Van Toon. Silver was the young Austin Tom. He went under 20 minutes easily with a 19.16. And men's bronze for the 5K was Brandon Wilkowski in 20.32. For the female side in the 5K, overall winner Shayla Bird, 21.54. Second was ATC swim coach Erica Transon in 24 minutes even. And rounding out the female podium was Becky Nelson, a minute and a half back. Now turning to our 5K age group result winners in the 15 to 19 female, Sarah Marshall with a 28.56. 20 to 29 was Shayla Bird in a time of 21.58. 30 to 39, Colin Sinclair with a 28.52. 40 to 49, second overall and first in her age group, Erica Transon, 24 minutes even. 50 to 59, Becky Nelson took it with a 25.32. 60 to 69, Donna Gannon, 37.16 was her clocking. And yes, we did have somebody in the 70 plus, Joyce Metcalf with a 28.59. Now turning to the race results in the men's age group for the 5K. As mentioned a bit earlier, Austin Tom, he took 15 to 19 first with a time of 19 minutes and 16 seconds. In the 20 to 29 age group, Brandon Wilkowski went 20-32. And again, our overall winner, Nate, went 16-03. In the 40 to 49 age category, Brent Ziffer went 20-49. 60 to 69, no uh, stranger to the podium, Jason Wong ran it in 23.10. And in the 70 plus, Gilbert Barsky ran a 42.46. Well, you know what time it is, Fitzpeak listeners. You hear that sound in the music? It can only mean one thing. It means race results. Cycling for- race results. <laughs> <laughs> for Fitzpeak. 
Sunday, April 9th, Jeremy's Roubaix was held out in Pitt Meadows. Kevin, he, have you ever done Jeremy's Roubaix? I have. Tell as us a ma- about it. What was it like? Well, why don't you go to the YouTube video and you'll find out all about it. Uh, <laughs> here are the results for Men's Masters 30 Plus, Cat 1, 2, and 3. Racing for Langlois Brown in first place, Jeffrey Werner. In second place, Jonathan Wood, racing for Langlois Brown. And in third place, racing for Pender, Dave Johnson. And in women's Cat 3, racing for Tag Cycling, in first place, Isabella Bertold. Racing for Tag Cycling, in second place, Esta Beauville. And in third place, racing for Jukebox, Joelle Delhaze. And in Cat 3 Men's Division, racing for Victoria Wheelers. First place, Duncan Bryanson. Second place, racing for Cannondale, Fortius, Quinn Story. And in third place, racing for Giant Vancouver, our favorite, Karsten Ivney. And 3, 2, 1. Racing in Men's Cat 4 Division. In first place, Grant Gill. In second place, racing for Cannondale, Fortius. Sean Richardson and racing for Steed Cycles in third place, Ben Armstrong. Women's Cat 4 Division in first place, racing for Wow Ride Tag Cycling, Angie Bunasi. In second place, racing for Glotman Simpson, Katie Fitzmaurice. And racing for Glotman Simpson in third place, Rebecca Cohen. And in the Youth Boys Division, in first place, racing for Escape Velocity, Frederick Ma. In second place, racing for Devo, Fortius, Campbell Parrish. And in third place, racing for Devo Fortius, Manu Moore. And in the Youth Girls Division, in first place, racing for Devo, Lily Ufaluzzi. In second place, racing for Devo again, Josie Wellborn. And in third place, racing for Devo, Katrine Ryder. Congratulations and a job well done to everybody. Fit speak listeners here we are post race uh sitting down with Joni Cron uh oh, for a post race interview slash a whole uh swath of other great information um from Joni um I've known Joni for I think about five years now through cycling and from the moment I met her I just thought wow um this 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 woman is amazing and just uh inspiring so Joni thank you for taking some time post race to um sit down and just talk to us and the Fitspeak listeners and just lay it on the line for a shoot from the hip we want to know all about you um I've got this uh I've been given this medium um to introduce everybody in my circle and I want to get the um, people to find out who myself along with um, uh, the Fitspeak people um, get to hang out with and and how we are motivated by the people that um, we get to hang out with. So um, where do we begin, Joni? Uh, Joni Karan, uh, I believe, um, rode for the Canadian, uh, rode for Canadian and American pro teams. Um, she's been riding for 12 years. Um, she is a crit racer. She's a road racer. Um, she is uh, the head coach for the Power Watts over at Fortius. She's got a master's in kinesiology. Like I say, uh, she's just full of great information. I want to welcome you to the uh, mobile unit <laughs> of the Fitspeak headquarters. Welcome, Joni. Awesome. Thank you, and thanks for the great uh, intro. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm a little kid in a candy store when I get to um, talk to people like you. Uh <laughs> 
just because you're just full of great information and uh you know i think we're all, both on the same page in terms of uh just spreading the good worth of good word of health endurance and um and uh nutrition so uh where do you want to start here what would you where should we go for from here well you know uh, i think what's uh keeping me busy and my main focus right now um is the time down yes so um Something I like, I always like to talk about because I'm really passionate about it. Yes. I'm happy about where I am now uh, regarding this. Okay. Uh, so for the Fit Speak listeners, uh, Joni Cron just represented Canada, correct? Mm-hmm. In the 2016 Rio Olympics. Um, the Paralympics. The Paralympics. Um, I don't even know where to begin with that. That's just a huge topic. Uh, Joni, maybe you can steer the, 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 the direction and the ship on this, this conversation mm-hmm. in terms of the, the Paralympics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, I was uh, racing professionally on the road. I covered a lot of the North American racing scene, racing Europe and everything. And in 2015, fall 2015, um, I was given this opportunity to be a pilot for um, a visually impaired athlete. Her name was Robbie Weldon, um, defending Paralympic champion um, from London 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, her pilot was uh, Lynn Bessett, um, which is one of my favorite athletes and mentor and everything. So um, it was a huge honor, which I accepted. Um, and then I started summer of... 2015, one year prior to the games, so I had to deliver pretty quick, learn how to steer a two-people bike, um, and uh, went out well, switched partner at the end of the summer. I'm now with uh, a girl from Saskatoon who's amazing. Uh, her name is Shana Ryan. Mm-hmm. We're pretty good friends, too, um, and since then, we've had uh, such a great journey together. Um Going to the games last year, attending the games was for us um, such a great, yeah, great day, great opportunity. Uh, we were not expecting it, and we were working towards it. Um, but then, yeah, having the the chance to go there um, was a great, um, yeah, it was just so awesome in many ways. And now we have our eyes focused on Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great, it's a great discipline. So now, when you said that you were given the opportunity to uh, represent Canada in mm-hmm. the tandem Paralympics, you also noted that you didn't have a lot of time to prepare. So, mm-hmm. how much time did you actually have to prepare uh, for the 2016 uh, Rio Olympics? Um, yeah, it's it's hard to uh, answer. Basically. We focused on the early season to um, make our criteria and secure the following year, which is 2017, uh, in terms of funding and everything. Uh, in our first race, we just uh, did so well. We broke a Canadian record, uh, which put us in the pool. Um, when the selection was done in June, we were alternate. Um, so there was a maybe from early June, games being in September, and we knew that we were going in around August 20th. The games, we left for the games September 7th. So um, it's a very short notice. Mm-hmm. Um, how I prepared last summer, I raced as much as I could. Um, I raced for uh, Fearless Fam, which is a great American team, lots of crits, anything that would keep my head straight, um, keep my heart into it, and uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds a bit cliche, but uh, never stopped uh, believing, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember, um, because we are two women's talent team, pretty close, the four of us, and the other pilot is actually uh, my best friend, Mm -hmm. and we were seated together in May, and um, it was announced that they would go. And she looked at me and said, Joe, 
I don't know what's gonna happen, but what I know is that we'll be in Rio together. And since that moment, and I just never stopped believing, neither did Shauna, and we went to the games, and yeah, it was awesome. How long have you known Shauna for? Um, three years. Mm -hmm. um, how we started together was, mm -hmm. uh, obviously we changed teams, but she's actually the first person I had the chance to pilot. Mm -hmm. um, after Robbie asked me to be her pilot, mm -hmm. I had to do a trial mm -hmm. to um, basically get a result. Mm -hmm. um, knowing what Vancouver weather was mm -hmm. in the fall, um, I found a nice um, sunny place mm -hmm. where I had some good connections. So I set up a trial for Shauna and mm -hmm. I in November 30th, the limit date being December 1st. We did a 20K time trial, supposed to be in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Could not find an official, so I went across the border, mm -hmm. and we rode in Tijuana. In the what? Tijuana. T no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so never rode the tandem. <laughs> Let's meet in San Diego. Let's race in TJ. Let's fly on Monday. So that's how I started the That's tandem. amazing. That's that amazing. And so... The introduction to the music is a perfect example. It's the, I feel like it's the embodiment of you as the person, the, the woman that I know, in terms of living life the best way you know. It's, it's more or less the rock and roll lifestyle when it comes to being an athlete mm -hmm. and, and you have to really embrace and, and, and um, welcome any, any adversity into your life. So here you are. Um, you've been invited um, to represent Canada. You, you know, you're qualifying in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. Could you ever have imagined? Yeah, I mean, it was crazy that, you know, I remember Friday afternoon. Yes. Um, we picked her up at the airport, put the bike together. I hired someone to help us. Mm -hmm. And we were just about to start. And I, I said, hey, wait a minute. How do I... How do I do this? How do I start a bike, you know? And the day after, I was doing it, a time mm -hmm. trial. So that, that's how I started. And now, you know, we get results and compete in the highest level in that discipline. So, so you had to qualify. So Yeah, did, that was to get into the program, actually. What do you have to, what, what, in, what, uh, um, what happens for the qualifying? Yeah, so basically for that first step that I took in 2015, I had to achieve a, th a time standard mm -hmm. uh, on a given just as a track you know uh, there's an A standard B standard mm -hmm. which is based on results from previous world championship mm -hmm. um, so I, I had to do this in order to get into the program that mm -hmm. was my my entrance and um, yeah for me it was I mean that story is a is a bit crazy but mm -hmm. um, when the you want something you I think you have to put the resources and just make it happen, and mm -hmm. that's that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and it yeah. panned out. So you you obviously have a, a pretty uh, long reach in terms of uh, reach. You know, uh, pooling your resources in order to make things happen from the east coast to the the west coast. Mm -hmm. Like you know, you're you represent yourself as a brand really really well, right? So was it difficult in terms of financial financial I don't know, money mm -hmm. to get yourself to Tijuana and all these. Yeah, I mean, that was a very short trip. Um, I've had some very good support from my federation for that specific project. Yeah. But uh, now I have some decent support mm -hmm. from Cycling Canada, from mm -hmm. like any other Olympic, Paralympic athlete. But mm -hmm. the, w the way to get there, uh, I mean, I raced my bike without salary for mm -hmm. X years having some pretty good results mm -hmm. I always found a way uh, you know to, to make things make things happen mm -hmm. and uh, it's been very challenging you know mm -hmm. um, but uh, I also learned a lot outside of the racing and everything mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that mm -hmm. yeah and that's the big thing is just being grateful and appreciative those little things are the things that open up new doors and opportunities and 
you know, leads you down to qualify in Tijuana of all places, right? Yeah. Uh, did they did they happen to check your bike at the border for no <laughs> for paraphernalia or for anything like no, that? No, it, it did not happen. But um, actually, that Tijuana adventure would would not have been possible without some Mexican friends I have ah. who live in San Diego, and um, that's one thing I found that makes it always made a huge difference for me is mm -hmm. um, I have an amazing network of friends mm -hmm. that you know I made over the years and uh, mm -hmm. we're all in the same boat mm -hmm. and we're all helping each other mm -hmm. in any way we can supporting each other mm -hmm. and um, sport mm -hmm. cycling mm -hmm. podcasting yeah podcasting it or just mm -hmm. connects everybody and uh, this is how yeah this is how well. This is how the the, the big wide world of sports and um, everything kind of works, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's about networking. It's taking something from nothing and turning it into something. And exactly. and you're the the prime example. You've gone to Rio mm -hmm. on nothing. Yep. <laughs> and 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 you've come back. And how was your experience in Rio? And and I'm sorry. What was your um your tandem partner's name? Shauna. Shauna. So, yeah. How did you place? How did it all play out? So, we placed 12 on a road race, 13 to the TT. Mm -hmm. um, time trial was, I would not say disappointment, but it was a good course for us in mm -hmm. which we underperformed on our, uh, yeah, we just underperformed from what we were really capable mm -hmm. to do. Uh, road race was a very challenging course. In, mm -hmm. in which we did not prepare, mm -hmm. um, but we're really happy about that race that mm -hmm. we did, how we handled things. So, mm -hmm. um, my little, my only not disappointment is mm -hmm. not having the right, not having put the right preparation mm -hmm. the months before, mm -hmm. just because we got there so late. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna tell you that as soon as we finished the road race. Mm -hmm. We were in the, the hotel room and not, not celebrating or anything, but already talking about how will we get better for the next four years. So that's that's amazing. We partied after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, but also, too, I mean, the, the preparation, I mean, in such a short amount of time, you're trying to pull everything together in order to get yourself qualified. Mm-hmm. Then also to Rio, so I mean, you already know how to ride a bike, so you sort of put that kind of um, that practice and tra training in terms of um, you know the game game day situation, kind of a little bit on the back burner because all the other things are sort of taking precedence at that time. Isn't mm -hmm. is that would that be correct? Yeah, um, as you just mentioned, um, I think I've had enough racing experience. Yeah. I know how to race a bike. Tandem, I had to adjust the totally different dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, the yeah, the bunch racing is different, um, but yeah, it's about managing the stress, knowing the courses, and mm -hmm. uh, forget about everything that could have been done, and and just being okay. Where are we now? How can we maximize what we have now? Mm -hmm. And another day that you have everything you have more money in the bank mm -hmm. maybe or you have yeah all the training all the right preparation this mm -hmm. is when it, it serves you, you know? so you are planning to return to the next olympics mm -hmm. in i i guess now three and a half years three mm -hmm. years from now yeah. as a, a tandem rider now there must be an official name to your position on yeah. the bike i'm a pilot you're a pilot and she is the stoker the pardon me she's the stoker the, the yeah. stoker or the stalker yeah. Stoker. <laughs> Stoker. Okay, okay, okay. And and what are you doing in terms of preparation for that in, in getting yourself to the next Olympics? And, you know, mm. to be honest, I don't know where the next Olympics are. Yeah, uh, Tokyo in 2020. So um, one thing I have invested a lot of energy this year is putting a very good team mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Um a lot, most of these resources are at Fortius, mm -hmm. where I'm working. Uh, mm -hmm. My strength coach, mm -hmm. dietitian, Cairo. Mm -hmm. um, 
So just putting a solid roster of people who will mm -hmm. follow me and mm -hmm. support me in the good and harder days, you know. Um, so that, that's been year one, uh, making sure how all the wheels are in order and um, having the proper training, which is, uh, you know, each discipline mm -hmm. is different. So try to be as strong and specific as possible for mm -hmm. our discipline, yeah. That's a lot. That's mm -hmm. a lot of work, and that's a lot of time to stay focused and committed. It yep. doesn't really sound, though, like you're going to have any problems because you've surrounded yourself with all the right people, and you naturally have always done that your yeah. entire life. I think it's, um, you know, I've always had some great um, people around me, great mentors, too, mm -hmm. uh, in cycling. I named Lynn Besset, but... I worked with Tina Pick, she's a great friend of mine, uh, Anne Samplonius, Carly mm -hmm. Safrad, amazing mentors in the cycling world, amazing coaches, and um, yeah, over the years, you know, you've been more experienced, and I feel like now it's, it's the time to use mm -hmm. all the things I've learned. That's right. And, it's your yeah. time to shine. Yeah, and just be good, you know? <laughs> so, um, how can the FitSpeak listeners help you? How can, well, maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I guess I have a couple of questions. How can the FitSpeak listeners help you? Do you have a crowdfunding page or what about maybe perhaps um, the triathlete who's listening to this podcast or the cyclist, they can come and visit you at mm -hmm. Fortius and get cool. some, the, some, some coaching for their, to, uh, for their power. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can visit my athlete page on Facebook, like my page, send me a message, uh, you know, any support, any interest, curiosity about my discipline or discipline, the tandem is great. Um, come to Fortius, visit mm -hmm. Fortius4.com, PowerWatts, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we have amazing resources for any rider who wants to, to improve to. Can the FitSpeak listeners follow you on Instagram? Yeah. Um, okay. Caron. So hold on. Yeah. Say that one more time. Okay. Joanie Caron. Uh-huh. Joash. Okay. So it's a long one. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. Easy to find. Correct. Um, and you also follow FitSpeak. Yeah. Obviously. On Instagram. Yeah. So for the FitSpeak listeners, you're able to scroll through um, FitSpeak's Instagram page and you can discover her, uh, Joni Karan, uh, on her Instagram. Yeah, totally. And I like to chat with people. I like to listen to people's stories. So whenever you see me on the road or uh, riding the tandem or a solo bike, and mm -hmm. yeah, feel free to let's, Tip let's have a chat. Typically, where do you li where do you like to ride? Um, You're in the Lower Mainland yes. presently. Uh, yeah, I am in uh, Port Moody, more specifically. Okay. Um, I love the Fort Langley, the Valley area. Ah, uh, yes. The best roads. The, these are the best roads. I love the long climbs, mm -hmm. riding in the North Shore. Uh, I went up Mount Seymour on Thursday. It was great. So, yeah, the oh, Valley, wow. Valley roads and climbs on the North Shore are my favorite. Wow. Yeah, actually... Uh... Those are some of Fitspeak's favorite uh, places to ride as well. Uh, uh, Glen Valley mm -hmm. and, and Fort Langley. Well, tons of times I'll see you out there waving as we all kind of in our groups mm -hmm. rolling past. Um, uh, what kind of plans do you have uh, scheduled for the summer here uh, in so, terms of tandem and yeah. all the rest of it? Um. Our first races will uh, be in six weeks, mm -hmm. so May 12 to 14. Mm -hmm. We have two World Cups in a row um, in Italy and Belgium, so those two weeks of May. We have another World Cup in Holland, first week of July. Mm -hmm. And our most important race are obviously World Championships mm -hmm. at the end of the summer in South Africa. So. Uh, we're hoping to have a very good start of the season and uh, being able to focus on uh, our preparation for South Africa this season. I'm just blown away when I hear this. It's it's You're living the dream. 
From the outside looking in, I honestly can say you're living the dream of, of, of a rock star. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, any person who enjoys these sorts of activities are just probably mind-blowing listening to what you're sharing with us because it's, you know, the circle of life and then eventually after a while you kind of get caught up in the mainstream of bills and commitments and dedicate, you know, and all this and, and here you are, you're you're living where most people would want to be doing, right? So, yeah. Um, is it difficult for you? Are you able to kind of manage? I, you know, I'm trying to manage like work, friends, mm-hmm. family, which are far and you know, my priority, my current priorities, which are my, my sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel a, a lot of gratitude mm-hmm. every day to be able to do what I love. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as we have spoken a couple of minutes ago, um, one of the things that makes it so awesome is the people around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. From, yeah, from all the friends I made since I, I moved here too. Mm-hmm. My Crit Nasty family, my team this year, um, girls are awesome. Yeah. So it's it's adds so much value to everything I'm doing, and I'm uh, very grateful. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking briefly, and just uh, one of the things we had sort of talked about was um, gratitude and appreciation, and the fact that uh, you know we've sort of kind of discovered that if we're appreciative and and grateful that new opportunities always present present themselves Mm -hmm. so um i guess in your case you don't want to be closing any of those doors um considering that you're you know planning to go to 2020 olympics Mm -hmm. right yes staying connected is super important uh to my to myself to my core mm-hmm. and core from values and well and from what i've observed and noticed from you uh you're the the type of person that tries to pay it forwards you're the type of person um that tries to help people just naturally it's i think a part of who you are so i think that that's sort of that uh that that character that um allows new doors and opportunities to open up right i mean after all um you know the olympics is not to be taken lightly it's in my opinion just a massive massive accomplishment that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life and and also too you're also going to be able to take what you've learned from that and share that with other people that are hitting brick walls and and hitting really hard spots in in life you can just talk to them and say hey like you know i know what you're going through i've been there Mm -hmm. you know maybe if you look at it this way then maybe maybe it'll just change things up a little bit and and help you break through that little brick wall experience Mm -hmm. that you're um kind of um you know hitting right now Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean there's a lot of things here but um being in the Paralympic, mm-hmm. um, I see I have friends who are competing, training, racing, have disabilities, mm-hmm. and uh, they taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm yeah, I, I'm trying to bring it to my life, but um, I think it. I like to believe that it made me a better person. Mm-hmm. Being uh, involved in the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of paying forward, um, you know, I'm trying as much as I can. And one emphasis I'd like to to have is really um, the junior girls, mm-hmm. the up-and-coming girls, because I know that there are challenges and mm-hmm. hurdles when finishing high school, uh, transitioning to university, and um, it's hard sometimes to find the support and the resources, but... Um, there are some, you know, great athletes to be discovered. And, um, yeah, I'd like to give back to the junior racers. Post-2020. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, there's so many other things we can talk about. We should probably start wrapping up. I just want to let the Fitspeak listeners know right now that uh, we are in the headquarters. Uh, the seats are heated, and um, our, um, our favorite athlete here is nice and comfy. But I want to also add that she has just won third place at the Bradner Road Race uh, here in, where are we, Aldergrove? Uh she won third with her team. Who's your team? Crit Nasty, Continental Crit Nasty. And um, she's just sitting here in her nice jersey. She's all kind of freshened up after being um, soaked and out in the rain. Uh, but the other funny thing is she's wearing earrings. <laughs> I yeah, just... I'm all covered in mud, <laughs> but I have earrings. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with every any everyone and just let you know that she's a super super for real and super down to earth woman. And for any of the women out there or listeners who know an athlete that is looking for some sort of help or guidance, I really feel as though um you would be able to reach out to Joni Cran and and pick her head and she'll uh most certainly bring you in under her her umbrella of wealth of knowledge and and uh camaraderie um stuff like that um so to kind of get away from the interview now i'm just gonna put you on the spot once again with the shotgun round of uh, uh questions um just to change things up a little bit um music what kind of music do you like to train to? Punk rock. Punk rock. Yeah. Any bands specifically? News for name. Yes. Pennywise. Pennywise. I yeah. like Pennywise. No effects. No effects. Yes. Dylan Colin, all that old stuff. So you like the fast pace? You like the beat? Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, if you could be any rock star, tell me, who would it be? Um, Madonna? No, not really a rock star. <laughs> maybe punk Madonna. Yeah, punk Madonna, maybe. Yeah. That would be that would suffice here. Well, there you have it, Fitspeak listeners. We've uh, been sitting down with Joni Cron. Oh, one more thing before I, I forget. Let us know again where the ladies who want to reach out to you can find you through uh, social media and your website and uh, whatever other um, mm. medium you're using. Yeah, I think at the moment, uh, best way is to um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. I have an athlete page. I have a personal page, but I have an athlete page. And where um, is that? Uh, what is that called? Yeah, Facebook, Joanie Caron. You'll find me there. Um, uh-huh. Do you want to, sp- could you spell Caron? Oh, us? yeah. So, um, Joanie, my first name, J-O-A-N-I-E. Mm-hmm. Caron, C-A-R-O-M, mm-hmm. um, website under construction, but um, at the moment, caronjoanie.com, mm-hmm. so a little bit and of Instagram? content here. Instagram, Joanie Caron, Joach, J-O-A-C-H, that's mm-hmm. a funny one, and uh, on Twitter, so get everything. Great. Well, there you have it, Fitspeak listeners. Uh, we're going to wrap this interview up with our favorite female athlete, female Canadian athlete. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Well, spring is here and it's time to get active. There's no shortage of things to do in the Fraser Valley in the next couple of weeks. Starting with running in Maple Ridge, we want to remind you of the new free running club to join. Michael and Victor invite all runners and their abilities to come out and get fit together with the Golden Ears Running Club. To get the details of this week's run, go to our events links page. Out in Coquitlam at the end of the month on Saturday, April 29th, it's the return of the Classic Creek Triathlon. That's an off-road affair that features a 300-meter swim, a 15-kilometer bike, and a 4.5-kilometer run. Just the kind of thing you might want to try if you're brand new to the sport. Check out the events page at runningroom.com for more information on that one. And if you've ever wanted to do a triathlon but were afraid of swimming in a lake, the Abbotsford Triathlon Club is going to be holding a series of four Introduction to Open Water Swimming practices. 
Join Coach Kevin to learn how to put on your wetsuit, swim with confidence in the water, and draft your way to a faster swim split. Go to abbytriclub.com to get more details or join their Facebook page. Coming up in Chilliwack on May 13th, note, that is on a Saturday, the Fraser Valley Health Care Foundation is putting on their 19th annual Run for Mom. The event features both a 5K and a 10K, and it starts at 10 a.m. It's $35 to enter. You can just Google Run for Mom Chilliwack to enter or get more information. Hey, in Abbotsford, if you're looking to shake up your fitness routine at the rec center there, they're featuring the Mudder Muscles training sessions. These are for everyone, but especially for folks who are looking to take on the challenge of a tough mudder competition. It's a combination of cardio along with muscle building. That's the Mudder Muscle training sessions in Abbotsford. Check out our health, fitness, and endurance events page for the dates and the times. And finally, out in Mission, the week of May 1st to 5th, it's Mental Health Week. There's going to be a week-long celebration promoting mental health and wellness. Most of the events are being held at Centennial Place. We hope to be interviewing someone to bring you more on that one. And that's your upcoming event schedule. One of the cool things about being involved in endurance sports and having your own podcast is that quite often you get a chance to meet many of your heroes or folks who have done heroic things. In the next few months, you'll be introduced to many of them from the worlds of long distance biking, swimming, and running. One of the pioneers and historians of the sport of triathlon is Bob Babbitt. Bob is one of the original people who did the Ironman race when it was just this small silly thing being run on Oahu Island in the early 1980s. But being one of the original crazy Ironman isn't the only reason Bob Babbitt is both in the Ironman and American Triathlon Halls of Fame. He's also one of the people behind the highly successful Competitor magazine and Rock and Roll Marathon series. He's also responsible for raising over $80 million for charity as the founder of the Challenged Athletes Foundation. In the next few episodes of FitSpeak, we'll be spending some time listening to the stories and messages Bob Babbitt brings to the sport of triathlon, the business world, and the game of life. We call the series Bob's Bits. And in this installment, Bob tells us about the founding of the Challenged Athletes Foundation, the creation of the Rock and Roll Marathon series that changed running from a male-dominated sport to a gender-equal one. And Bob will also tell us some of his more memorable interviews, including one with a young Lance Armstrong. Cool part for me is this is also a very selfish type of sport. You can get very immersed in just me, me, me and my times, but Early on, we started the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and now we've raised over $80 million to keep Challenge Athletes in the game of life through sport, and all that started because of triathlon, because of Ironman, right? because our buddy Jim McLaren was a 300-pound football player at Yale, and in 1985, he was on his motorcycle going to acting class in New York, got hit by a bus, thrown 90 feet in the air, dead on arrival, lived but lost his lower leg. Came back from that to go 316 for the marathon wow. and 1042 in Kona. Wow. As a lower leg injury. So he was changing the perception of what somebody with a prosthetic leg could do. So that's when I started covering him through competitor. 88, 89, 90. And Jimmy was traveling the world. Right? And then, eight years after his first accident, he was racing in Mission Viejo here in Orange County. Uh -huh. A van went through a closed intersection, hit the back of his bike, and fell in the head first in a pole, and he became a quadriplegic. Oh my goodness. A guy who's here in amputee became a quadriplegic. So huh. the goal was, because I covered a lot of wheelchair athletes through a competitor, I'd hear from them, I'd ask them what's the worst part about becoming paralyzed. And over and over it was, I'm 30 years old, here come mom and dad back in my life. No sense of self, no sense of independence. So the goal was put on a little triathlon for Jimmy, buy him a van that he can drive with his hands, uh -huh. a hand control van, and you know, raise 25K through this little triathlon at La Jolla Cove and get Jimmy a little independence. So that's what we did. Mm -hmm. We raised 49,000 and thought our job was over. Wow, 49, that's, that's a heck of a start. So these three amputee women came up to us after the race and said, you know, Jimmy is the reason that we got into endurance sports because he was our hero. And 
Did you know that your health insurance will cover a walking around leg or an everyday wheelchair, but anything in new sports is considered a lunch running and it's not covered? So that's when we decided that we are going to get our 5013C. So when you're saying we, who else is involved? Myself, uh -huh. Jeffrey Esikow, who had been working at the Tinley Company, and uh, Rick Kozlowski, who was a local race director. Okay. And the three of us started the foundation back in 94. Well, the first event was 94, uh, San Diego Triathlon Challenge. And then since then, um, you know, this last year we sent out 2,089 grants, totaling $3.7 million, and we've, we've raised over $80 million. Over $80 million. And, and we are building here now, it's amazing. And when the athletes get this money, what are they primarily using Buying for? equipment for buying a uh, prosthetic leg. Okay. And we actually have sponsors. We have a sponsorship with Oser, which makes makes the leg. <laughs> Perfect. And the feet and everything. Uh -huh. yeah, so we provide, for a lot of folks, it's buying them equipment. For a lot of them, it's coaching. For a lot okay. of them, it's travel expenses. Somebody wants to go to the Paralympics. Like this year, one of the things we worked very hard on uh -huh. was getting triathlon into the Paralympics. So the paratriathlon was in Rio for the first time. Wow. In 2016. So it was very cool. So this year in Rio, 44% of all the U.S. athletes were, had received grants from Sudan. Okay. And 70% of all medal winners. That's making grants. a huge impact. The best thing was um, this. When I was in Rio, this woman comes up to me, Deborah Jackson, and she goes, Bob, you probably don't remember, but eight years ago, my son Desmond got a running leg from you guys. Tomorrow night, he's running the finals of the 200 meters. Whoa. He's 16 years old. He's the youngest Paralympian on the track team, and he's running the 200 finals tomorrow night. And it all started with CAF. Yeah. I love that. That's a good, and that all, you know, that's that's all because of triathlon. Mm -hmm. you know, triathlon, we think of it as a little sport. It's a little sport with a huge heart. Yeah. So Bob Babbitt going from competitor, striking out on his own for the Babbitt Media Group. Yeah. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about sure. that transition. Yeah. Uh, we had sold competitor in 2008 to a private equity firm. And uh, at the same time, had, uh, the private equity firm had bought all the Rock and Roll Marathons, had bought Triathlete Magazine, Velo News, Recycling. And we had a, it was really a cool setup because you had a silo for events. So you had Rock and Roll Marathon, My Money Buddy series, which right. I created. You created that? Yeah, created the Money Buddy, yep. It was the first national mud obstacle series back in 99. And we, you know, so uh, we had Money Buddy, we had Women's Running uh, Half Marathon series. Media-wise, we had Competitor, Women's Running Magazine, Velo News Magazine, and Triathlon. And then, um, so during that, and then all new media. So between 2008 and 2012, private equity's job is to grow substantially. So we went from seven rock and rolls to 34. 800,000 participants, 65% women. Rock and roll sort of changed the whole demographics of sport. Uh, by, it used to be when, when I first started in the endurance sports, it was 90% men and 10%, 20% women. Now, running is 60, 65% women. Yeah, you go to any local 10K, I mean, yep. it's, it's changing. changing. So then we sold again in 2012 to another private equity firm called Calera. And I stayed for another couple of years till August 2014. I just felt they had closed my Money Buddy series. I had a thing I created called the Endurance Sports Awards, which is sort of the Academy Awards for Endurance Sports. That had gotten closed. And um, uh, Competitor had become a straight running magazine, which I thought was a mistake. So I just felt like, you know what? So much of who I am is gone. So I decided I love doing my radio. So just relaunched on the Babbittville radio. Babbittville, yes. Breakfast with Bob, mm -hmm. Kona, which now we'll be doing it from Boston, from Challenge Convicted, uh, and a number of other locations. Island also, House, where was it? Bahamas? Island, Bahamas. We wow. What a gig. <laughs> it was really fun. Uh -huh. Really fun. So, anyways, it's, uh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And obviously, I still spend a lot of time with Challenge Athletes Foundation. We, we just did a... Uh, Giving Tuesday, where we interviewed some of our CAF athletes at the building. Um, I think we interviewed like 10 athletes on uh, two different Tuesdays, and uh, we ended up uh, one Tuesday we raised 50,000, and another Tuesday I think we raised about 10 or 12. So it's been fun. Mm -hmm. It's been a good time. Work and fun. Um, usually you're on the other end of the microphone asking questions, and you've been doing this forever for competitor and even before that. Uh, I'm wondering, um, 
Do you have any any favorite people that you've liked to interview over the years? Sure. Obviously, we had Dean coming back, and it appeared you were having a heck of a time with him, as you always do. Um, Dean, any others? Oh, Dean is wonderful. You know, over the years, some of my favorites, uh, I mean, before all the stuff went down, and I started covering Lance Armstrong when he was 15, and some of the interviews we had during the time he was, had been diagnosed with cancer, where he didn't know if he was going to live or die, uh, I just felt like he was sort of burying his soul, and they were, those, those were pretty powerful. I still listen back to those, and it was one in particular that I'll never forget, where I'm like, Lance, you, know, you have 11 tumors in your belly, and we get through that. Then you find out you have lesions on your brain. I mean, how do you not give up? How do you, he goes, you know what? I knew it couldn't get any worse. I knew there had to be a light. If I was going to live, there was going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like, wow, that, that's, that's a different mindset than most of us would, would do. Most of us would just give up. So those are the type of things that I look back on. I was just interviewed this guy, Mike Coots, the other day, who lost his life to a shark attack when he was 17. And he remembers looking down and the shark had both his legs in his mouth. Wow. And he used his fist and started hitting on the shark. And the shark let go of what he thought let go of both legs uh -huh. and got him in his hand. So his hand was bleeding. Oh. And so he thought, oh my God, you know, my hand is bleeding. It's down to the bone. i got to get to the beach. And so as he's paddling, he feels this vibration in his, in his leg and he uh -huh. looks back, thinking he's going to see the shark coming after him and sees that his leg had been severed. The shark wow. had bit it off mid-calf and got to the beach. They got him to the hospital and wakes up the next morning after surgery and the doctor and his mom are standing over him and the, and the doctor's like do you want to tell him or should I and he's like oh my god what are they going to tell me and his mom goes honey I need to tell you that you've lost your leg and he goes I know I saw that anything else he says you know no you're good awesome so he goes if you told me today that if I paddled out and the same thing would happen, I would do it. Uh, my life is better now. I've traveled the world. I, he, he actually has become an advocate to protect sharks against long line fishing. It's some of those stories where you sort of don't know where they're going. Those are my favorite. And it's time for our fit tip of the week. But of course, as we are listening to at the start of the program, something special and brand new, we have our new member of FitSpeak, Zach Newfeld, and he's gonna introduce us to what's called Between the Ears, FitSpeak's psychological and spiritual look at the world of sports. And our first topic is very interesting. We all get into sports for different reasons. And Zach's gonna tell us some of the motivations, challenges, and rewards of dealing with pressure. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about pressure, or what's often simply referred to as stress. That wonderful thing called stress. Now, I'm talking about pressure as discussed by Dr. Saul L. Miller in his book, Performance Under Pressure. He's a clinical psychologist that's worked with professionals and athletes from the Olympics to Major League Football, and also uh, in the professional world with companies like Shell. Dr. Miller refers to pressure as disease or dis-ease. He, he says it hinders our best performance and is linked to a motivation and desire to be or do something better. These are all good things. I like how Eckhart Tolle, a renowned spiritual teacher, puts it. He said, problems are mentally made and it's optional to participate in problem making. But challenges are non-negotiable and exciting. If you ask a psychologist, he'll tell you that we're wired to survive, and racing puts us in that primal space. I actually think that's why so many of us love racing. It puts us in front of the lion, where we have a stress response that brings us to the present moment, and we forget everything else. It's where we feel most alive. Now, what's the role of pressure in triathlon, then? Well, Dr. Miller says that overanalyzing or too much response to incoming messages leads to an interruption of the smooth flow of functioning that we need to do well, causing us to push too hard and miss important messages or intuitions that are being naturally fed to us from our bodies. In other words, we don't respond to our challenges the best we can. We've become so wrapped up in our minds that we've lost our senses. So what can we do about pressure? We can look at it positively or negatively. We can let it go this requires us to understand that we don't absolutely have to perform at a certain level and that we prefer to. 
On the other hand, we can welcome pressure as an ally by letting it take us here and now so we can come to terms with the reality of what's in front of us. The key is not fighting it and starting to work with it. Because when we don't deal with pressure, we become less effective athletes. We push too hard or withdraw into our heads. If we're going to address pressure, where is its root? Dr. Miller talks about three main causes. Number one, the need to feel good about ourselves. Number two, the imagined expectations of others. Number three, our perception of limited resources. That's probably the biggest one. I'm going to address these roots of pressure in future podcasts. But one thing that he mentions is that our need to perform to a certain standard is directly related to the amount of pressure that we experience. And we have control over that. So we're going to talk about how we can take control of that in the future. Seeing and understanding pressure should take some of the pressure off. In fact, pressure is a part of what makes triathlon so fun. So let's get it working for us. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak. This week, I'd like to thank Kevin Watt, along with our newest member of FitSpeak, Zach Newfeld, along with our featured guest interviewee, Joni Curran. Just one more reminder of the TriJoy Cultus Lake Training Camp on June 10th and 11th. Check out our TriJoy link on the FitSpeak homepage. Join us next time when we'll hear from Nathan Killam. He'll be talking to us about his journey from being a Burger King to being one of BC's best professional triathletes. You'll want to stay tuned for that. And as always, we'll have our upcoming event schedule and fit tip of the week. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kevin Hines. Bye for now.